Hey, it's No Prize Podcast. I'm the professor. That's Lucas over there. How are you, Lucas? Yeah, you know, freaking loving life, man. I'm still not going outside and messing around with y'all because some of (laughs) y'all, I've gone out a couple times and going to the bathroom, and y'all still not wash your hands and taking care of the (laughs) I I think I'm going to pull back. You know, I, I, I appreciate the invites to go out with y'all, but man, y'all, come on, guys. <laughs> so I, I can I can tell you they lifted mask mandates here in Massachusetts, but from what I understand is uh, this this state is the last state getting in gear to uh, to open stuff back up. So uh, you still have to wear masks inside. We still have a uh, 25% capacity at the Red Sox. Uh, uh, <laughs> starting that next- was really important. <laughs> that's Hey, that's hey gathering at sporting events today. That's true. Uh, we got playoffs going here, Bruins and Celtics, and people can't get in. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, uh, next Saturday, uh, so Memorial Day weekend, everything's opening back up 100%. So that's, uh, you know, that's good. I just hope that, you know, I think by that time, uh, most everybody's getting uh, getting vaccinated. You know, hey, I, just, a, just a quick thing before we start. Um, the, you know, the, what the Patriots were doing last week was because uh, all the vaccination numbers have been going down, right? Because everybody that wants to get vaccinated got vaccinated already. And for the people that they're trying to uh, get people that not don't necessarily want to get vaccinated, uh, if you go down to Foxborough, if you go down, if you go down to Foxborough Stadium and get uh, get go down to Gillette, get vaccinated, they're letting you take a picture with all the six Lombardi trophies. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm sitting there going, hey, maybe that'll get some of these people that don't necessarily want to get vaccinated to get out there. Well, how you do know? they know if they didn't get vaccinated? Maybe they already got vaccinated. It's like, hey, hey you know, we're going to take a picture. I'll say that I never hey. got vaccinated. <laughs> Give me a little extra. Right. Maybe maybe you'll get superpowers if you get the extra vaccination. So we'll see. Oh, but my goodness. The backwardation ethics that is going on right now. <laughs> I thought oh, it was goodness. I thought it was interesting and uh, something something to get people that uh, motivated to get the shot. So, anyhow, how's how's everything going? We got to, uh, we got some books to talk about this week. We uh, oh yeah, a lot of freaking stuff that's going on. Comic book world wise, um, you know, a lot of news that's very that's going to freaking have some impacts on the industry, depending on like all the other stuff so so yeah let's let's get into it yeah we were talking about the uh the the just the new distributions and penguin random house and uh and so it looks like uh looks like there's some kind of definitive things coming out now yes sir right so yeah so so for those who are you know fans of comic crusaders and the undercover uh podcast network you guys have already had access to the pull box so I'm going to talk about two things. Number one is Diamond Previews World. They've always had a uh, box where you or a page where you could go in and you could order through us, and we would facilitate all that other stuff. We would facilitate the purchase and all that other stuff, or you could, or it would be able to facilitate through your own local comic book shop and purchase that way. Um, what I didn't know is that apparently it was just the beta, right, and that it was not available to all the comic book shops. Well, Diamond has now decided that they're going to roll it out to everybody. Um, all the comic book shops are going to have access to it. Um, so you, need, you might want to check that out. Go to previewsworld.com. 
um, and you can log in or excuse me uh, register log in and all the other stuff if you don't have a local comic book shop to you let us know but you should have a lo local comic book shop that will have access to it or they might have some other type of platform or whatever but all this is really all facilitating the the connection in between the customer and and the retailer second three Right is uh, I, I know everybody should be tracking the whole thing with uh, Ping a Random um, House, in which they actually now have the connections, the direct connections in between Marvel as a distributor and, and themselves. Uh, so that was a loss to Diamond. Uh, so now Diamond, in order to sell those books, they are going to have to get their books from Ping a Random House. As a result. Um, now, um, of course, you know, uh, Diamond does not get that at a premium, right? So they, they're still going to have to pay. So any retailer that gets their stuff from Diamond is now going to have to pay a premium, right? There used to be like 50%, 53%, 54%. It all depends on which how you were doing. So now that you're getting it from Diamond, who's getting it from P PGR, uh, it's going to fluctuate and go all types of weird stuff. So when, whereas now you are 50%. So if you were a small shop, whereas you might have gotten like 50, 53, 54, whatever, 35 in some cases, um, now your discount is going to be brought back to 40%. Right? And it's like, okay, if I was a small one and I was only getting 35% before or 40% before, 50% before, that's not too bad. Well, that's off the top. Right, so it's below five thousand, get forty percent. The other thing is shipping, right? So now they are going to charge a shipping so for uh, two point five percent of how much that thing should cost. That is now what they are going to charge, not two point five percent of the discount, two point five percent of the retail price, right? So that definitely cuts into your your cost cost as well. Um, and, and cuts it to your gross revenues. So that's 2.5% for print run and 5% for everything else, so like statues, cars, excuse me, statues and toys and all that stuff. If it's a net price items, that means it's like bulk items such as cards, that's still 5% as well. So that's another tier as well. Compare that to what's going to happen with PGR, if you can get an account with PGR or a Penguin Random House, is... Uh, they are going to be offering a 50% off the top plus free shipping. So you got to figure in between, hey, what do, I, what do I want to do? Is Do I want to go PGR or do I want to go with Diamond? Um, and I do have indications that PGR is making people get one to two to three freaking storefronts. So you got to have your normal website, plus you got to have your brick and mortar, plus you might have to have like an Amazon storefront or whatever. You might have to have like two or three fronts um, to 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 uh, to apply for a PGR. So, so what do you think, Professor? Uh, so, well, uh, this kind of raises a, little, a few questions for me. Just and maybe this is just because of my ignorance. First, uh, with this kind of a setup, why use Diamond at all? And, and my question, I guess, I, maybe I'm going to answer. Maybe I'm going to answer my own question. Diamond, you're going to have to go to for indie stuff, right? Not necessarily. Um, PGR is going to be selling um, indie stuff as well. Lunar. Okay. Lunar has got some. UCS has got some as well. So, so why use Diamond at all? Uh, you know, there's Diamond Select. Um, they've got some good stuff. 
Um, they, if you're having a hard time getting uh, trading cards or sports cards, you can go to Diamond and get uh, stuff through them. Um, so, so that's that's one thing for for the time being. Um, but yeah, if, once again, if your main stuff is Marvel, which is be, uh, the biggest part of the uh, the share, uh, PGR actually would be better than Diamond. But you got to f- figure if you can get the account. That's number one. And number two, uh, will this hinder or hurt you? And I'm trying to think of a way where it would be better for you to just stick oh. with Diamond. So, so here's because I mean, and, and I'm, I'm just thinking out loud because I'm not a retailer, but um, so this is going to end up where, uh, so let's say out of all the stuff that a retailer is ordering, they're not just ordering comic books, they're ordering statues, cards, whatever, you know, toys. Yeah, um, yeah. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to do split tickets, right? So they're gonna have to get all one, all the majority of their stuff from Diamond and or not Diamond, but the majority of their stuff from Penguin Random House and get that fifty percent free shipping, which is gonna cut down their orders to Diamond, which is gonna drop their discounts and raise their shipping prices, right? So that it's it's like a non it's a it's a no win situation, right? So the discount yes. that you're gonna get from Penguin Random House from everything else that you have to end up ordering probably through diamond, you're going to get a lesser discount because you're not ordering as much. Right. Right, And, and then that's going to eat away at the discount you're getting from penguin random house. So if it's a wash, it's a wash, but it looks to me like it's going to, it's going to be hurting people in my, my opinion. Right, right, right. So we're going to, we're going to have to see, man. Like I do not know where this is going to freaking go, man. This is going to be the most. And, and once again, we're turning to Pingham random, whatever house, um, to deliver comics. Um, no, sure. It, it's easy for them to ship books, but now we're t- talking about comics, right? Comics a little bit more delicate. Um, the customers want their their books to be perfect. They don't want wrinkles. They don't want freaking bends. They don't want nick ticks or spine ticks or any of the other other thing in their freaking books. So um, we'll we'll see if PGR is able to to handle it and handle the amount that they're going to freaking get. So it's going to be interesting. So but they've got some time to figure it out. They've got to like October first, I believe, is when they're going to figure it out. But as far as the retailers. Um, and what the discounts of retailers are going to get, they should start finding out May 24th is when they're going to start finding out and then we'll see, see how that works out. Hmm. But, but, but the most interesting thing was, is that it was yearly, right? So if, um, you know, if, if you qualified at one point, then you had a whole year to get that back up. Now, Diamond is going to do it every three months or every quarter. So you have to keep qualifying every quarter in order to get your number. Ooh. So that's definitely oh. devastating. So now that and that means that means that they're gonna be pressuring the comic book companies, no more event books, more more this, more that to get the to drive the fans to come in the to buy. You know, right. I mean where you, you might have typically like maybe this spring is uh maybe uh you know, we get, we're not getting as as many books as we get in the summer or the fall or the winter. You know, yeah. Uh, so that's that. Wow. That, so to me, this I this this seems like this might be the like final nail in the coffin for a lot of uh, struggling retailers that have already struggled through the pandemic. Right. You know, and uh, and I've talked to a couple of brick and mortars, and they're saying, yeah. Um. 
that they were they were so glad that there were so many funds out there to try to help them out. You know, we can uh, I think uh, McFarland, Rob Liefeld, if we can help them out, um, you know, stepped up really big for those guys because you know it was just just a shock to the system that. You're getting at least a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're getting like nothing. In the meantime, you still got bills to pay, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and those bills are present on at least somebody coming in and can at least picking up at least half of freaking stock. In the meantime, not only that, you still owe diamond money, right? Which is why I guarantee you a lot of retailers are running to PGR because they they would rather not owe um, as much or and but still get some stock. So. Man, this is going to be nasty. Plus, don't don't forget, <laughs> at the same time that you had this thing going, um, Marvel and DC were selling a whole bunch of books to mm. uh, to Walmart. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. Right? You know, we're talking about some important books. You know, whether it be Joker and Batman '98. You know first appearances they were just freaking going over there and then in the meantime they're the these publishers were pressuring the retailers to pick up those incentives right those one to 25s those one to 50 to one one 100s only for speculators to not even care about that stuff at yeah. some point so dirty interesting yeah. Interesting, and I, it's just it seems like that though though the comic book world is changing yeah. around us and uh you know, the, only the strong shall survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, well, I mean, that's. That, I mean, that is obvious when you got freaking the latest gimmick from from DC, which is uh, putting Fortnite codes, video game codes inside the freaking comics. Um, and then once again, when I was at the brick and mortar, that was the only thing that people were calling about. Hey, do you have this Batman Fortnite? Like, okay, that's that's crazy. Like, you know, you don't play. You're four years old, dude. You know, you're not supposed to be playing Fortnite. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now, and then and then uh, and then what's the latest uh, thing from Marvel? They 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 love doing uh, all types of manga covers, and they're they're all into Peach Momoko and all this other crazy stuff, man. So yeah. oh, Pride Month! Don't forget Pride Month. You know, Asia Pacific huh? Month, Pride Month. You know, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, but that's that that's. Uh... You know, the, the, that's the diversity. That's the diversity initiative that uh, that everybody's trying to be be woke about, I guess, if you want to say that. But uh, all right, let's jump. Uh, let's jump over from uh, from what's happening in the Marvel retailer world, where we will kind of get technical about that stuff. Uh, we have the Modoc TV series that dropped on Hulu yesterday. Oh my. God. God, I I haven't watched the entire season. I'm going to admit, I watched the first couple of episodes before my uh, you know my 50 year old brain started rotting out of my head. Um, but this is so. This is the first animated series that we're getting from the MCU uh, Disney Plus uh, kind of marriage here, and. It's. Uh, I mean, just after watching the first episode, I'm like, "Damn!" Now I know why it's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, because it is irreverent. There's language. There's blood. There's gore. It's. It's ridiculousness makes made me laugh out loud a couple of times. Um, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking I would have hated the show if it wasn't Marvel related. Um, but seeing the AIM soldiers being, you know, and and just having them really kind of be funny <laughs> and you know modok uh, modok has a family 
uh, we saw that we saw Modoc kind of they kind of played with the family kind of uh, angle in the last limited series that we talked about. Um, but here they're actually introduced. Uh, he's actually married to uh, a, a regular person, but they have a yeah. they have two kids, and one kid has <laughs> one kid's one kid looks like Modoc, um, and the other one is fine. And it's it is really kind of a weird show. Uh, Pat and Oswald, I think, uh, knocks it out of the park. But you tell tell me what you think, Lucas, because I just. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was watching it, and I was like, Robots. "Oh my god!" <laughs> and it was the perfect blending of Pat Oswalt's humor and robot chicken. Yep. My goodness, like I, I will, I don't. I'm not going to say I grew up on robot chicken, but I do know that a great big part of my adolescence was watching robot chicken. Um, and the celebrity freaking death matches, right? And that's what mm-hmm. this felt like. This was like, hey, let's do something stupid. Let's do something abstract. Let's not make any freaking sense. And let's just freaking put something and let's let's focus it around this one freaking character. That's what this was freaking about. Um, like you mentioned, the family. Once again, I've been tracking the family. I like, I had I had a feeling that's what was going to happen, and that is the family. That they all of a sudden brought off in Modoc had games number one, and then they explained what was happening in number four, and that they're not really family; it's just part of his programming and everything. So that's going to be, so that's what's kind of interesting about what's going on here. Um, you know, the, number two is that once again, people have been speculating about the whole Tony Stark thing. Mm-hmm. The Tony Stark hologram makes its appearance. Bam. There you in go. The sh- in this show? Yes, it does. It does. Because we, we did, we did get Iron Man. Well, we got Iron Man in the first episode. Oh, yeah. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah. Iron- well, we got Iron Man in the what? First in the episode? very, yeah, in the very first yeah. episode. Right, right, right. So you got the, yeah, we now, we have, now have the Iron Man hologram. It may not be exactly how you think, but I, so I know, so here's why I know they listen to me and my drunk ass we can talk about because they not only got that in there. They got Sinister, and they got they got a whole bunch of characters. And the one that I've been harping on and asking for, for like the longest, Madam Mask. Oh, what episode is she in? Because I, like I, I said, I only I only caught the first two episodes. So if you're spoiling me right now, I'm gonna be mad at you. Oh no, you know, no, I am by no means spoil, spoiling major plot storylines or anything. I'm I'm just saying that it was. Let's get these are characters that I've seen like sprinkled like. Way in back and in certain comics, and they've been facilitators that make certain connections between certain things. And I was like, you know what? When that type of thing happens, they probably at some point be make their way into the MCU, and boom, here we are. Um, there is Modak. I feel like with the main point of this whole thing was that they felt like explaining different facets of the Marvel universe. But now, right now, they're just starting kind of with. The uh, you know the Marvel villains like hey what do what do they want what are they doing you know why would they do like if you know you got all these superheroes running around why would you freaking go do bad stuff well you know because they're some of them are pathetic some of them can't freaking read you know some of them just have family stuff going on you know and and some people some of them are just down in their luck you know that's mm-hmm. that's what really motive freaking really goes into. Um, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee, guarantee you, there's probably going to be a season two to this thing, or um, some of the other shows that they promised us, such as Hit Monkey 
and Dazzler, if they can do it the same way that they, they did this, they'll definitely pick this up and, and give us something. But this was this is what I was hoping for and expecting. Okay. Well, I and I liked the fact that like some of the characters that they introduced in here, I didn't expect. Like when they had a when Super Adaptoid came out, and, and then I was like, oh, it, that's Super Adaptoid. But then the way he acted, which was he was he was like this super flamboyantly gay android. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you have got to be kidding me. And then. Uh, that they went to a restaurant and it was Fin Fang Foom, Fin Fang's farm to table. Yeah. <laughs> and Fin Fang Foom was the waiter and he just, what did he put like a cow in front of Modoc and then just breathe fire on it? <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know, I was, it was one of those things that I was just like, what are they going to do next? And I think this whole thing um, is going to be, is going to be sight gags with maybe some B level villains um, and and they're gonna have fun with it, which you know when I first started watching it, I was like, it's so ridiculous. And then um, and then by the end of it, because I was watching it with my son, and by the end of the second episode, I was like, I had the clicker, and I was like, I'm kind of done watching this right now. And my son was like, No, 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 I want to watch another episode. So that was that was when I was like, Okay, okay, so. You know, maybe it's it's not all bad. Definitely not geared towards uh, you know the classic Marvel fan because right. the class the classic Marvel fan is not going to like this version of Modok. Right. But this exactly. is the version of Modok that has been running around in Marvel comics for the last five years. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, because I mean, yeah. if you remember West Coast Avengers, we had Brodok and. Uh, and some other, uh, he was actually a member of the Avengers in, uh, I can't even remember which series he was, but, you know, to me, this is a, this is, is so ridiculous that I might enjoy it. Kind of like Deadpool. Like I hate Deadpool in the comics, but the movies work. Uh, this is going to be some, one of those things that, man, if you were going to make an animated kind of claymation type robot chicken series, what, what character would you pick? Modoc probably, right. so yeah. this might yeah this might work. So I, I I'm gonna probably catch the rest of the series uh, you know this weekend, um, but I wanted to watch at least the first couple of episodes for the podcast today. And I was frankly I was pleasantly surprised because I really wasn't expecting to enjoy it at the end. So, but now I kind of want to watch what the rest of what happens because I want to see I want to see who turns up. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is definitely. There's a lot of great freaking jokes and terrible jokes, and you know it gets kind of dark sometimes, but it makes fun of it, you know. And like, just like you said, it may not necessarily be for the classic um, Marvel fan, right? The the guy, the older our older guys. But if you're like me and you want something to turn your mind off and it make you feel ashamed that you're laughing your ass off, this is <laughs> this is this is the joint right here. Um, but you know, it, it, what's concerning to me is kind of interesting is how much effort Marvel has been putting into Modoc so far. You know, they've, he's been showing up in a lot of comics. He had his own series. Yeah, he was he was the principal villain for the Avengers game. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Monica and Monica was the sub sub uh, is number two in that game, and now we got this thing. So, and each and every single one of those was done really well. The comic, yep. the game, well, 
his part of the game. Anytime he showed up, there was like some crazy stuff going on, and and this thing right here. So it should be definitely interesting. Um, I don't need them to put push him into the MCU just yet. I think they're doing just great with what they're doing. But yeah, it shows you this is another hit. This is a freaking another hit, man. Just that picture that you have there with the aim guy with the uh, with the visor on, the like the like, the the uh, the visor on the left hand side. You know, where he's wearing that stuff, and then they had the other guy with his uh with he got his arm ripped off, and he's just walking yeah. around with his, like, his arm was stitched up. <laughs> he's like, "Where is everybody?" He's like, "Where is everybody?" Oh, they went to work on other projects. I said, "Oh." Is it, yeah, so they're working on what the other uh by the way, I was wondering, since we're all alone, could you go ahead and fix this arm that you kind of sliced <laughs> off for me? <laughs> like, yo, yo, that just no chill with the, these guys, man. Really they, good stuff, man. Yeah, they did it, they did a really good uh sight gag with pim particles and the, you know, just the stuff that they're yes. pulling out. It was it was really, really irreverent. I and I, I don't want to say that I loved it, but I liked it. So <laughs> it was uh, it was good. So I want to I, I just so recommend it. I mean, we, they dropped this whole series on Hulu so you can watch all of them. They're half hour episodes. So you can, you know, take a take an afternoon and, and, and catch them all. Uh, what else are you going to do? Loki doesn't drop until June 9th. Um, right. So, I mean, hey, you got a couple of weeks to uh, to get your Marvel fix before uh, before the Disney Plus drops uh, with uh, with Loki, which looks absolutely amazing. The more I'm seeing of it, so right. uh, and that this this looks like it's going to be more uh, wrapped up in the MCU than even Wandavision was and 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 going moving forward what's going to happen with the show but it wouldn't be funny if if loki messing with the timeline caused the creation of all the other disney plus shows coming like she hulk and moon knight mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it, it almost has to but you know i've, I've been hearing more stuff about what's going to happen with kang the conqueror right yeah so i've heard that he's there's elements that are going to show up in dr strange um, that are that he's going to definitely show up in and Loki, um, and all this other stuff. So I haven't heard about whether they're going to connect his appearance to the whole thing with the whole end game and all that other stuff. But I definitely know that he has to make his appearance. So it's a good time, good time. All right, all right. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to actually talk some comics. Let's. Uh, what do we want to do for an ad today? There we go. I would watch any of our podcasts just for that ad. So let's, uh, let's talk some, some of the comics that came out this week. Um, I was super excited 
and and I, I haven't seen a book go to the top bullet like this since uh, well, since Immortal Hulk, which we'll be talking about the tie-in uh, late, uh, later on. But I want to talk Daredevil because man, what Zarsky and Chichetto are doing on this book really, really has my attention. And it moves as soon as I see this issue come in, it's right to the top. And I want to find out what the heck are they going to do next? Because every issue that I kind of feel like this, man, they, they've got to get uh, get Matt out of jail. I kind of like the fact that he's in jail because of all the stuff that's happening around. I yeah. love fact that Electra is Daredevil now and and I'm not re- I'm not ready for that to change. Right. Um, other stuff going on with uh with with Electra now has her Robin in in Alice where Yo. uh, which is kind of creating drama there. You have everything that's going on with Matt in uh, in jail. <laughs> Matt was uh Matt was uh stabbed so he was in uh, in the infirmary, but now you have Foggy coming in, going, "You stupid mother effer! What are you doing?" Uh, just sitting there, and then we have we have Cole, the cop, who is has kind of um, over the course of this series become have has moved from an enemy to an ally, and and Cole understands what Daredevil is trying to do, and and understands that that daredevil really feels bad about about killing a, an innocent person or killing a killing a killing someone which is why uh daredevil's brain is like you know you're staying in jail for the two years you're serving your time you're paying your debt to society and uh and there's a there's a scene in here where cole just sits him down and is just like dude you know your your friends are trying to get you out of jail legally they're trying to they're trying to get your sentence com, uh, commuted and just take the deal and matt's like no i'm serving my two years and where where, where you kind of see it right you're just like i'm i'm like dude on one hand i'm with matt right matt matt's he's doing the heroic martyr thing you know so you get his motivation but then you get everybody else's motivation is just like Dude, we have to get out of here. We'll get you out of here before someone kills you. Right. <laughs> right? But then on top of this, so on top of this, you have Kingpin running around being Kingpin. He's you the, you got Typhoid Mary coming out, and you know that that's gonna end badly. They they bring back Bullseye by the end of this issue. And I'm just sitting there and remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Amazing Spider-Man where we needed a you needed a scorecard for all the characters and none of them made sense with with, with what any of the other ones were doing. This is how you do it. This is how you have a long list of characters that you have to keep track of, but every single one of them is there for a reason. There and you you, yeah. you are like you are just pulled right into this story. You it, you're <laughs> in it. You're in it. And I'm just, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I, they, you know, Mike Murdoch, they bring back Matt's twin brother, Mike, who, you know what? I didn't even bother trying to remember whether or not he's a clone or whether or not he's an actual twin. Right. Like I, I remember they did something with it a year ago and now, now he's back. I'm like, I don't even care. I just love that. He's walking around pretending to be Matt so that, so that daredevil, so Matt can keep his identity secret but he's also being a dick and he's still a criminal, (laughs) you know, I'm just like, this is, this is a fantastic, fantastic series. Zdarsky's got all 
his ducks in a row in this. I don't know where it's going. I don't know how it's going to end up, but I don't care. I love it. I don't want it to end. I want Elector to be Daredevil for the two years. I want Matt to spend two years in jail. I'm ready for it. Yeah, there you go. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. Keep it going. Keep it going. Look, 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 look. You, you hit it right on the head, man. Everything has purpose. I think the only thing that they missed out on was right before this whole thing started, uh, Matt was involved with uh, the the boss lady or the wife of an mm -hmm. Italian mobster. Yeah. If you're going to have his brother show up pretending to be him, it should have been, hey, now the now the brother is hooking up with the boss lady. That would have been another mess to, for him to fix when he, when, he, when he freaking got out. Well, that. you know that that still might happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it is kind of it's kind of funny. But I mean, when you think about Mike Murdoch and you see him in the first the first couple of pages of this issue, and uh. He is, he's kind of a slime ball. But when you look at, so, and, and I'm going to throw this up there. Matt Murdock is kind of a slime ball when you look at it. When he, when, in his whole history since the 60s, Matt Murdock really has been, his love life has been one mistake after another. And he's, he's had affairs on his girlfriends and he's been, he's been kind of, you know, let, let little Matt follow him around, you know, little daredevil. He's just follow, kind of followed him around. He's been a typical dude, really. Um, yeah. And to me, uh, that that would not be the worst thing that's ever happened in this book. <laughs> would be for for Mike to gaslight Matt with the girlfriend. You know, right. I, that would be maybe something I I might even expect. You know, um, but it would just be something else to add to this already long list of characters that we're trying to keep track of on in this book. But like I said, every single character has a motivation, a reason to be there, uh, a storyline that's being told in this, uh, this intricate tapestry that Starsky's has, has, has woven. I love this book. It's like I said, it's the top of my pull list every, every single week or every single month it comes out. And, uh, I can't wait to see how it ends. I don't want it to end really. Um, Cause then I know, I know what Marvel does now is they just move on and the, the next run most won't be as good or they'll forget what happened in this one. But yeah, um, I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is. Uh, if you're not collecting daredevil, go get it. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this whole doing time part, part two for the storyline and part one, you know, the only thing that messed the storyline up at all was the King and black stuff. It was, the, it was, we, you know, we talked about that when it happened. It. It, you know, that was the only thing that messed it up, man. It wasn't even needed. They could have did, they could have introduced it the whole other way, but hey, Chip Zdarsky out there doing his thing. The art by Chichetto. I mean, look at this cover, man. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. That's that's that is the poster that I got in the background. That, that's <laughs> how go, beautiful that. it is. That's the freaking poster that I got in the background. Um, also, Mike Hawthorne on duty, ink by once again Chichetto and Andrew Noah Benedetto, Benedetto colors in the colors. Look, this is the look. This is the sunlight freaking popping over the freaking horizon on this freaking. Um, that is by done by Marcio Menez and lettering. My simple behind could get through this book. 
<laughs> so the lettering is freaking awesome. Thank you, Clayton Kyle, for making it freaking easy on me. Um, let me let me bring up one instance <laughs> in this book that made me laugh out loud was when um, Electra as Daredevil shows up to the nightclub to get in, and uh, and the the bouncer was all like, uh, you know you're not on the list or something stupid like that. And she's like, I own this building. I'm, a, I'm Electra Nachos and I own this building. And he's like, uh, aren't you supposed to have a, is it, you're supposed to keep your identity secret or something like that. She's, she's like, both of my identities are just as dangerous. <laughs> and he was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I was like, this is, this is really great that she, I mean, she, cause she doesn't care. And that exactly. to me, uh, that to, to me actually makes me think that things might not end well for Alice, who, who, who yeah. you well, know, we got to, like, uh, yeah. I mean, another, I mean, so another aspect of Electra is the fact that she's not necessarily immortal, but she has the ability to come back through yeah. the stuff that the hand does. But you know what? With that power, with that ability, she's still doing something with her. She's like, she's trying to run blocks. You know, mm -hmm. she's running the block. She's running these streets, right? Um, we, they still haven't given us the exact everything, the details of every of why she's doing all this. But you know, I, I don't even care right now. I, I'm I'm fully invested. What's going on with this right now? And then you mentioned Alice, right? Once we don't have her her last name. Actually, I'll go back into this one. Um, Detective Kabeshi. She's just all of a sudden showing up. She's the one that gave. Uh, Matt the deal. Hey, hey, if you help us with this investigation, we will get you out. Um, once again, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that she just shows up the way she did, but you no, know, we'll see if this turns out in any other way. Mm. Uh, and then Alice, you know, once again, her mother was the one that died during the King and Black series, which once again, was needed, didn't even need to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Didn't even need to do it. There was other, other ways to do it, but you no, know, hey, there we go. So now, uh, you know, Electra is now training Alice to do some stuff. She's, you know, take ass, you know, if we can chew bubble gum and all the other stuff. So she decides to take her out on this particular excursion. Ends very badly. You know, that's what happens when you take kids out to fight when there shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting that this is the second child that we have running out in the streets right now. So this, there's this one. And then uh, Black Widow is apparently at some point has a little girl that she's going to take to her side and we can possibly train so that's going to be interesting as well um so once again um it's interesting and then uh to top it off once again you mentioned the whole thing with bullseye yep um you know he's been for the last what three to four uh issues they've been talking about there's this experiment that they're doing with them you know under the guise of you know hey this is what kingpin directed you know that's what they took ravencroft to do another thing but they didn't say what exactly the experiments were however towards the last part of the issue there is a preview for this and that looks like bullseye right there but he's got wings is that what the experiment was all about i don't know we don't know this could be just you know uh, a peregrine falcon that has nothing to do with anything, but I do think that's that's kind of interesting. I think that this might be a religious take. I mean, Daredevil. We're looking at Matt. When we think about Matt. They they've gone through great things of make two in the uh, the kind of Catholicism angle on this, and I think that cover might just be a representation of Daredevil versus Bullseye, who's actually kind of maybe an angel, right? In this, and that might be just a kind of like a, a play on things. But um, this. 
this looks great. I have this one question that I want to ask you and, and, and see if maybe we maybe go down that rabbit hole. Is Daredevil out Batmaning Batman right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. They, Batman, it looks like what they're trying to do is they're trying to slowly but surely retire Batman and pump up all these other freaking characters, which I get it. You know, you know, how long has Batman been around? Like forever, right? It's now time to retire, retire Bruce Wayne, um, pump up, you know, all the Robins, all the Nightwings, you know, all the female Bat people, and bring those, bring those ones up, and and then let Bruce Wayne go off into the sunset. Um, in the meantime, you know, Daredevil, he's doing investigations. He's doing, he's out actually out in the streets. He's actually got these religious and ethical quandaries that he has to deal with. Um, so absolutely. Um, you know, and, and at no point do I have Daredevil swinging, swinging, um, you know, hanging out with the Hulk, Regan, just as powerful as the Hulk, you know, or any crazy stuff like that. So I, I think it's just, he's just where he needs to be. Here is an interesting thing to ponder is that once again, in Amazing Spider-Man, um, whatever, uh, there is a current storyline in which the Kingpin, <laughs> he's, he's been messing around with the tablet of life and death. Yep. Um, in the life and death tablet, you know, it can bring back whoever you want and everything. And supposedly he brought back his son. Here's the deal. The character he brought back, we still haven't seen his face. So, uh, so okay, and I, I was just taking it at face value that that was really his son, the Rose. So, um, I maybe, mean, it, uh, yeah, maybe it, it's it, not. Well, it, it could be his son, but with the body of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the, the stuff they're doing over in Amazing Spider-Man. Like I said, you can't really keep track of everybody that's running around in that. Exactly. And I mean, and and this the kingpin in this book compared to the kingpin running around in amazing spider-man it's the night and day but you know that uh, i i could just consider them two different characters but i mean there's other characters where now uh, it was is kindred really really harry we don't know because harry's in jail with carly now and kindred was being held by kingpin so i don't know or being held by norman i don't know it's it's just i don't know i it's like i said i can't keep track of all the characters and amazing uh, but here uh, you actually need to keep track of them because they all have something to do. So I, uh, I yeah, like I said, can't give, can't recommend this book anymore. Enough. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on. So you're, I want you to school me on Immortal Hulk. Okay, so you're uh, going to do that now? Okay, so yeah, let's do Immortal on. Hulk and then we'll wrap up with Fantastic Four Life Story. Um, yeah, but Time of Monsters that came out this week uh, by, uh, by Alec Pecknadel and Al Ewing and uh and then with art by Juan Ferrara. Uh this this book reminded me of the Million Year Avengers where they're just trying to um tie these forces into the current Marvel universe. Now when everybody when uh, when I was growing up in the 70s, I, everything that I thought about superheroes in Marvel was everything was birthed from the atomic age, right? They blew up the bomb, and that's where the mutants came from. They blew up the bomb, and then all of a sudden, all these people started getting powers. You know, Spider-Man, Radioactive Spider, Gamma Bomb, Hulk. Um, so you, now we're going back into the, the BC times, and 
and they start explaining to us that that might not necessarily be true. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and you said you need, this was this was a lot to unpack. <laughs> so, so you so, tell me right. what catch me up here right so you know we've talked about this whole thing and right there right on the cover that's that green door so the green door is a portal to the below all place right um so whenever the hulk dies he gets chopped up killed whatever he goes to the below place and what Al Ewing has uh, spread, spaced out over the last two to three years is that um, there's all types of creatures and things that are happening all, all over the way. There's, there's all types of hulks, right? And a lot of those hulks are actually aspects of David Banner's uh, personality. Like, they've gone into his social, um, his anti-social disorders and disorder and psychological order this and this and and all those are just different aspects so you know jim joe fix it is down there all you know even uh david banner's father is down there the leader is down there right now um and then every single person that is a gamma creature when they die they go to this old place right so it's like oh great that's, that's kind of crazy but you know all right that, that's fine now they're saying that the hulk was not the first person, nor was it in any way connected to anything Gamma. Right? Um, they are telling the story about the Anunkai, right, which is an ancient tribal village from ancient Mesopotamia, uh, what was it, like 25 or 30,000 BCE. Um, and they were having a hard time. They were, um, you know, they usually everything was, you know, plentiful and perfect and everything, but they were having a hard time. Things were getting kind of scarce. It was a whole drought. So the tribal leader took his son's friend, once again, his son's friend, remember it's Gay Pride Month, right? His son's friend out to, <laughs> out to, out to this, out to, out to have a talk with his son's friend over by this historic um, historic cave feature, right? There's like a big hole in the ground. And he starts telling them about, you know, the history of the, the gods and about Gaia, right? What's getting I've talked about Gaia a lot. It was a bit, she was a big, a lot of her signal was going on through King of Black. And he's like, hey, you know, Gaia, you know, she gave us everything we had. And then it, it, she became unhappy with what was going on and the way we were doing it. So she ripped out her eye and put it in the ground right there. And it was like, that, that, that's kind of a crazy story. Why you tell, and the guy goes, well, that's a crazy story. I, I don't care. Why you, why do you have me here? And the guy, well, you know, you don't feel the power, you know, there's so much power in this freaking place, you know, in order to get what we needed back, we got to engage the power and he kicks the dude off into the hole and the hole and the guy dies inside the hole. Well, what happens is the guy actually goes to the below all place and he meets the one below all, one below all God. Again, he, that is the opposite guy of the above all guy. Um, so that is like, he was like a solid guy. It's the first time we see the guy in a solid freaking mask. And he says, hey, no, he says, I know what, you hap what happened to you. If you make a deal with me, I will return to you to your where you're supposed to be. Plus, I will give you freaking power. The guy says, yep. And the guy comes back, um, and he now looks like this. He looks like a big, green, hulking monster with horns. 
Um, and a guy's name is Tammuz. Once again, Tammuz is an interesting name for this character because there was an Anunkai god called Tammuz um, who's got all types of weird religious freaking things that's happening with him. The elder's name is also interesting because his name is the name of one of the other um, uh, religious gods from another freaking tribe. So, so let me so let me go back into this. What happens? This guy comes back. He's all hooked up and everything, and he goes he, and he wants to just run to his tribal and say, "Hey, I got you. You know, things are going to get better now." But all they see is this big green freaking monster that just appeared out of nowhere. So of course they freaking kill him. Right, if we can kill him, and then they freaking is like, oh well, this is meat from the god, so let's freaking eat him. Right, that's not the first thing I would do with a green monster, but hey, you know that's just me. <laughs> well, they want to they want to gain his power, right? That's that's an old tribal thing that they, to get if they ate the flesh of their enemy, they actually gained their uh, their knowledge, their wisdom, and their power. Sir, um, the. So while they're eating him, right, they're like, oh, man, this is going to be so, make us so powerful. Now that we've got this power, as soon as we get the power, now we're going to go and go over to the people with the, the clamshells, and we're going to freaking take over their whole village. Now, the people with the clamshells, those are the people of Atlantis, right? That's Atlantis before it actually sunk in the ground, pre, uh, pre-cataclysm, and that's what they're freaking talking about. Um. So, and then the other thing is the elder wizard. He once again, he's he was a religious god and everything. So, whatever happened from here sets him on the path to becoming Baal, um, which shows up all over the freaking place. Baal, we know him as the devil, Satan, and all this other stuff. So, this is this is where it all starts right here with this particular event right here, according to according to the Marvel universe. Um, and I'm I'm kind of distraught that a lot of people are just ignoring this and ignoring the religious and historical significance of this. But hey, there that's there's that's where we are right now. So reading through this, and then there's that second story, secondary story with the whole scarecrow and everything. Not needed. I, I don't know what that was all about, but hey. Yeah, to that, that was that didn't fit with the the rest of this book. I don't. I didn't necessarily think Scarecrow as like a time of monsters. I don't yeah. consider Scarecrow a monster. So, yeah. The, so uh, the, the question. I guess my question is maybe the double meaning of this time of monsters book. Because when they say time of monsters, do they actually mean Tammuz, or do they mean the rest of the tribe that killed him and ate him? Exactly. Right, you know. Uh, so another thing that you got to think about and ask yourself is, you know, there were bones all over the the tribal village. Yeah. So the, so Tammuz was not the first sacrifice. Yes. So, so, that's, so that means that there's more monsters out there. There's more stuff out there. There's it, it's I, I it sent chills down my. Th- my soul if we can think about what they're what the what al ewing is implying about this whole thing so right now there's not just this green monster that's out there there's a whole bunch of them that are just spread out especially at the blue wall place yeah so i mean we'll see now now they did announce the mortal hulk is ending we've known this for a while uh that it's ending with issue 50 um that means that we have what four issues left before 
Al Ewing's run totally wraps up. Um, so I know that, you know, probably over the next couple of podcasts, we will, um, we will be sending Immortal Hulk off in style. This is a, a book that we've been recommending for the last three or four years. We, this has been, like I said, with the exception of Daredevil, this has been on the top of my pull list every single month it comes out. It's been uh, a, a great ride. I can see where that's, it's time for them to want to kind of change direction, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, because Al Ewing has really taken the Hulk into left field. Like, I mean, he has... The, it's almost like you can't use him as a as a as a superhero character anymore. He's more of like a like a man thing <laughs> type yeah. force of nature now. Um, and it's um, it's been great to have the horror angle. Um, even when they've when they've tried to work in the superhero angle back in, it's not really working. Um, I, I kind of think it's boring now. So I'm hoping that uh, that when they kind of do rain the series back in um that they kind of keep the quality up because i kind of feel like uh there's going to be there's going to be al ewing we're going to talk about al ewing for a while on hulk and then there's going to be just everybody else yeah so, i mean i i i thought it was going to be impossible to keep up this t- type of quality but yeah. no they're still going you know and you can you can tell how hard it is by the way that the whole king black thing flopped in the way the whole Donny Cates projects have flopped but Al Ewing he's kept this freaking strong just, just, just stay with one character develop this guy out just give us more history this is freaking awesome yeah I was I, I you know sometimes I just wish that they didn't get tried to get too cute with it and try to explain how the these forces have been around since the dawn of man um I don't really need that much backstory. You know, if you tell me that, uh, that the Hulk was created with a gamma bomb because they were playing with the radiation and everything, I totally buy that. You don't need to read into it, but I do, you know, I can go, uh, this is the kind of stuff I can kind of go along with. Um, and then let's get into fantastic four life story. Number one, this is, I wanted to be on board with this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you one one reason why I think that this book didn't work for me. So we have uh, so Mark Russell writing with Shauna Saxe, artist. And I'm not going to – I mean, everybody knows the history of the Fantastic Four. They don't change a ton of stuff in this, even though this is obviously a uh, kind of like retcon story. And uh, if every, we, all read, uh, we all read Spider-Man Life Story last year um, where – Every single issue, you get a decade, right? And the characters are going to age in real time. And, of course, since Marvel started in the 60s, we're going to get all the way up to the 2020s. So I imagine by the time we get here, uh, Johnny and Sue are probably going to be the only ones left, right? Because they'll be really old. Yeah. <laughs> or we got, we already have Reed and, and Ben that are already middle-aged by the time they come in here in the 60s. So I imagine unless something something happens, they'll be they'll move on from them. Um, I'm going to tell you one, one reason that, that this book didn't work for me personally. Um, and, and that's the one of the, one of the small changes and ended up being a huge change. The more I thought about it um, is the fact that when they are going to hijack the spaceship and go up to space, they recruit a previously unknown person, Ben Grimm. Uh, this is the thing that messes with me 
because the Fantastic Four at its core is a story about family. And even though Ben wasn't related to anybody in the Fantastic Four, Reed and Ben knew each other from college and they were best friends the entire time. And here, bringing Ben in as a complete and total stranger and without even really knowing each other, they go up into space and Ben becomes a thing. Um, the the whole the whole the whole thing that 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 gives Ben his humanity is this horrible horrible thing that happened to him and uh, his ability his his ability to look past that and choose family and his friends over uh, the 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 torment and depression that that he's dealing with because he's not human and he can't look human um, and in this book. They don't. They 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 really kind of use that as a a, a a story piece for him to kind of betray the Fantastic Four. And that story that the end of this story is actually pulled from a story that Lee and Kirby did back in the '60s. And I don't know if you remember this, Lucas, but there's a the the story where uh, the thing switches bodies, yes, uh, switches sir. switches bodies with. Um, with the with the scientist in this book yes, but sir. in the in the story in the 60s it was just an ex-con right he was just some kind some some jabroni that ended up switching with ben and then they have the story where uh where they go into the negative zone and then ben uh not ben but the Oh, there you go. You were you were, you were prepared. Um, they end up in the negative zone, and this is when the, the character that that's the thing now realizes that you know these characters, these people are are really heroes. Ricardo Jones is a play on Rick Jones, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But anyway, um, in this issue, where I mean, it's, it pretty much ends the same, where the the thing character ends up. Uh, sacrificing himself in the negative zone to save Reed. The, the same thing happened, but they took the humanity out of that issue right. by by having Ben um, not be, uh, you know, as emotionally connected to the rest of the Fantastic Four as he should have been. And um, and I don't know if that's intentional or if that's going to play out in future issues. Um, but to me, it really kind of it, it kind of stabbed the heart of the story right in the chest. You know, uh, I, I just think it it ruined it. it kind of took the emotion out of it for me. Um, I kind of like the ideas that they used with like with Galactus. Galactus actually looked scary in uh, in the yeah. Duh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you ever seen Galactus look more menacing than that picture? Like oh, when he, when he during, eats during planets? The 70s, there's some Marvel stuff out there that, that's even crazier than this, man. But yeah. I'm telling you, I've never seen Galactus look so ready to eat the planet. Um I, that actually, that look just really gave me like I'm gonna have nightmares over that look. Um but anyway, uh on the whole where I thought it was well-written and the art is really good, um, which I think um, Johnny would have a problem with this because, you know, when we were doing life story for Spider-Man, you know, we're like, okay, well the sixties, the sixties issue should look like Spider-Man did in the sixties. You know, Mm. it should look, it should look like Ditko here. I think 
yeah, I think the Fantastic Four issue in the 60s, it should be Kirby-esque, right? At least. Right. I, sure. I, I don't think there's any issue uh, prior to 1968 yeah. oh. that Kirby didn't draw, right? Yeah, <laughs> true. That's right. Because, um, yeah, I mean, look at how the stars, the planets are drawn here. Yeah. And then look how this was actually drawn. Yeah, that's photo. This is, the, this yeah. is a photo of the owl was actually drawn. So yeah, damn, I, <laughs> I gotta agree with you on that one. Dang. All right. Hey, um, I think that's that's where I think uh, they dropped the ball on this. And, and and the thing, and I was thinking about this this morning, right? So Fantastic Four, when you think of Fantastic Four in the '60s, was Kirby, right? Fantastic Four in the '70s, you had your you had Busema, you had Rich Buckler, and you had George Perez at the end. And then in the 80s, you had John Byrne. There's, to me, there's, I mean, there's very distinct looks for those artists that you could, I, I think, at least attempt to make it look like that. They're very distinct. Um, and then, of course, you get into the 90s, and you could you could pick the different uh, the different looks of Walt Simonson. Uh, did had a good run on Fantastic Four, um, and uh Wyringo, who is you know a legend now had a short career uh with marvel but was legendary on on ff um but i mean those are those are the kind of artists that i would be like okay can you i mean at least at least make the first issue look like kirby might have had a hand in it mm. but you know no, they, but, didn't, they didn't do any of that stuff so yeah, I mean, but I, I I like the idea of these life story books because that's been uh, that's been one of the things. I mean, I'm I'm 50 years old. I've been reading comics my whole life, and uh, these characters don't age. They don't age, and I'd like I always said I'd like to get some stories where I could see the progression. I mean, if you read in read in Ben would be would literally be dead now <laughs> or yeah. they should be because they were middle-aged in 1961. So right. that mm -hmm. was six, 60 years ago. So um, to me, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I think that's where they, that's where they dropped the ball. But I, I, the one, the big thing that bugged me on this issue was just the separation of Ben from the rest of the fantastic four. And sure. in it, and kind of separating him from the family aspect. Yeah. Um, see, see, I so. didn't even, th I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. I That's mean, the it, biggest it, thing it, I thought about. Yeah. Cause, cause it did, it did twinge on me, but it didn't freaking hit, 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 hit on me because the, um, the, the major difference in between those two storylines. And once again, I mean, we've actually talked about this particular issue um, yeah. like a while back because it was connecting into the whole King and black before it was actually King and black. So we talked about this issue before. Um, is that this kind of fills in the hole of why Reed went to the negative zone in the first place, right? It says, yeah. well, he had some type of vision or dream where he had actually dreamed the Galactus. He didn't know what Galactus was. He didn't know any of that. All he knew is that this existential threat was out there and it was going to destroy the world. So he built this whole portal thing and this whole transportation system to actually get him there so he could actually take a look. Um, in the meantime, while he's out there, um, he's got what he thinks has been grim. So, once again, this is where those type of relationships kind of makes it important, because why am I following you into some unknown world if I don't know you or trust you in the first place? But here we, here, here we go. Um, 
So they so he brings this guy who is what's again Ricardo Jones. Ricardo Jones is a kind of a, a body swap with Ben Grimm. Or actually, I forget whether it was a body swap or whether he just was able to copy his body so that he would show up at the Fantastic Four headquarters and he was going to take take his place in, inside the mission. Once he gets there, they get out there, and instead of there being all these multi multi planets, they see um, they see Galactus, and the original. Once they get, an original, once they get out there, Carl Jones or whoever it was at the time, I, I forget, I forget whether it was the same guy, tries to kill Reed and tries to leave him there. Reed actually turns the tables and leaves him there, and this is what has been bugging me the whole time. Like, hold up, there's a guy that's just out there in the negative zone, and they never addressed it at all, ever again. Well, that's so. <laughs> so that was, and when the first appearance of the negative zone, the the center of the negative zone is like a black hole, and all the matter in the negative zone is rushing headlong into that. So when you, the implication in this this particular story was that uh, when you left someone there in the negative zone, that they were heading towards pretty much like oblivion. And yeah, I mean nowadays. That would have been not a death sentence, right? We would have figured out they would have figured out a way to make this guy survive. This this character, they actually they got rid of. We've never seen him again. Yeah. Um, so, but that in future stories, when when they are put in peril in the negative zone, that they're heading towards that, that actually made that a more dramatic kind of uh, you know reason for them to get out because you knew what happened before that to that other guy. So. Um, so to me, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it did create some drama there, but now, now it's like from now on, when I think of the negative zone, I'm going to think of Galactus in the negative zone as the black hole sucking everything in. Right. And then, and then once again, so, that's, that's, that's another change is that, um, Ricardo Jones, instead of, you know, fighting with Reed, he says, Oh no, got to get Reed out of here. And he sacrifices himself. He pushes mm -hmm. Reed back in, through the portal, and then he supposedly dies. Supposedly. They never really said it, but supposedly. So I hope they address that rest of that. They've got, what, six more issues of this to address this whole issue or address the whole thing with the Fantastic Four. So it's, it's going to be – I'm going. I'm, I'm hooked. Um, your points are well taken. Um, so let's see if anything actually develops or they just run this in the ground. So. I'm well, we'll see. I was, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Spider-Man life story. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I am kind of going in this with an open mind. I just didn't really, um, why, why I didn't think the first issue worked was because of the, the family aspect. Now, hopefully that's fixed by the time. I mean, by the time we get next issue, they would have been together for 10 years already. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of time to build the family uh, aspect, but uh, well, you know, we'll see. I, I do have my my mind is open. I just there was just the aspect of that that I didn't like. So we'll see. I'm, sure. I, I you know still I'm I still like the format. So I hope that um, I hope that after we get Fantastic Four life story that we actually get uh, you know maybe we'll get the Avengers life story or something like that. That would mm -hmm. actually be pretty cool because the the cast of characters is always changing in that in that group anyway. So um, yeah. 
that would be it would be interesting to see what kind of characters they throw in over the course of 60 years into into the avengers that would be interesting yes it would so. yes it would uh so last thing that we can do is uh quick incentives that will be coming up for FLC by the time this broadcast uh gamma fight number one has got a one of 25 and it's also got a 150. Oh, is this a Hulk tie-in? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Looks like it. Uh, and then there's also going to be a Gardens of the Galaxy uh, Pride Month for Gal- Gardens of the Galaxy number 15. This one's going to be a 1 of 25. Heroes Return is going to have a 1 of 25. Is that the star brand in the middle? A little, yes, sir. Where are they gonna, yes, they gonna sir. Age, they're going to age her a little bit? What's yes, sir. So, so that's going to be the interesting thing. Does this stick? right? Because that would be her first appearance in a costume, I believe. So don't know what's going to go well with that. Do you see um, Echo in the back with the Phoenix Force there? Yeah. I don't care about it. <laughs> I don't care about this whole Echo thing. They should, they should never do that. They they, they got to come up with something big in order for me to care about it right now. I, I don't know. Heroes well, Heroes Reborn would just have to agree to uh, kind of that this is going to happen. Oh, I love that cover. Yeah, this one's a that's 150. A, that's a, that's a American Indian kind of homage. Yeah, yeah rigi has been doing really great with these. Um, I really love what he's been doing. You know, it, it is such a unique yet – I don't want to say simple – but easy to read and re- easy to see through um, what he's going through or what he's doing with these. It's just such uniqueness. That's, that's been awesome. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, Marvel Voices Pride, number one. Um, and this one is a 1 to 50. Marvel Voices Pride, number one. It's a rainbow flag, and I get the symbolism. I understand it, but why in the heck is this a one to one hundred Marvel? One to one hundred. What's the yeah? What's up with that? At nine ninety nine a pop. No. Yes, nine dollars and ninety nine a pop. Once again, nine dollars and ninety nine. So actually, let me roll back. That some of those, like the Heroes Return, that one was five ninety nine. So that's six dollars a pop. Nine ninety nine right. a pop for the qualifiers. So that means that uh, for for some of the retailers, they're gonna have to pay four fifty per qualifier to get to get a flag to get a a flag a pride flag. So I mean, I have a question for you, and, and I'm not mm-hmm. gonna try. I'm trying not to sound um, insensitive or or whatever. I kind of feel like I need to ask the question of from a retailing standpoint. All right. So how many copies? Let's say let's say you think Marvel Voices is going to sell um, overall, right? And you're probably going to be look, looking at like uh, let's let, you know ten thousand copies, maybe that this might sell. Not not even that. Maybe okay. Maybe like so, maybe between like seven thousand to eight thousand copies, maybe. So I mean, on the low end of the spectrum, right? So so uh, let's say ten thousand, just to keep it round number, and okay. then from the 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 people that are going to collect the, the pride book, right? So let's say every, uh, every person that buys this book, um, 
you know, the, the, I mean, if you're, I, I think if the, any kind of like, you know, gay, uh, gay, lesbian, any LBGT, uh, they're, they're going to want to pick this book up. Right. And maybe they're going to want the rainbow cover. Right. Um, but even then that's, uh, that, that I want to say is a minority on the people that are 10,000 people that are going to pick this book up. Right. You'd think that, um, well, 10,000 people buy what, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, like, let's say, um, Ms. Marvel, right. Okay. Ms. Marvel probably sells about 10,000 copies, right? Right, right, right. Like around seven to 8,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say probably, you know, want to say maybe 10, maybe, maybe 10% of those, of those people that buy Ms. Marvel are LGBT, right? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say that this book, even if it sells Ms. Marvel numbers, you know, 10,000, say 7,000, 8,000, the people that are going to pick this book up, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out why they would want to put out a one to 100 variant edition. That's going to cost someone $10, you know, but if, if they're, if even the regular book at is the other, is the regular book 10 bucks too? Yes. Oh, no, no. So this book, so once again, in order to qualify for this book, the retailers are going to have to buy a hundred copies of the qualifiers, just 13 qualifier books. Oh my each, goodness. Each, each book is nine ninety nine to the customer or say maybe for $4.50 if they can get that good 50% discount. And then after they get those, they still have to pay another nine ninety nine for this book. I, so now I understand what Marvel's trying to do, right? Because they are trying to create – they, they want to tap the, the diversity market and the LGBT community and all that. But, I mean, they can't, they can't keep a book like Iceman out, right? That Ice, they, they, they published Iceman for, for five months, and the, I'm sure the numbers on that book were pretty dismal, you know? I just don't, I I mean, at some point, don't you think Marvel has to think that they have to err on the side of, we need to make money on this? They are making money somehow, some way, right? They're, I I, I just don't know how, you know, other than gouging retailers, sending a shock to the system, you know, say, hey, we, you got all these exclusives and then. What will happen is the retailers will say, no, we're not freaking getting all these. And all of a sudden they have a hot book. And then the customers are com- coming in looking for that one hot book. And they say, well, how come you didn't get the book? How come you didn't get this hot book? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a shame, right? But that's what I think. Well, I think that's where that's where numbers are inflated, right? Because people are ordering extra copies just to get the variant, but nobody's buying those extra copies, right? They're sitting on the shelf. Yeah. So, right. Either, right? Yeah, like uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times we were just talking about it last night about how you know how guys are walking in and they're saying, and I'm telling them, hey, this is a hot book, and they're like, are you kidding me? I saw that on the shelf and I, I was not going to pick that up because it looks stupid and look crazy. And all of a sudden it's a freaking hot book. And, you know, other than until somebody tells them that that particular book is exclusive and should be therefore expensive, people don't know about that book. 
and just as the way it is. In the meantime, the retailers are caught in between um, the customer awaiting the information and being told the information that that they should look. But in the meantime, they, there's no reason for this to be a one in one hundreds. There's no need for the Vrigi that we just talked about to be a one in fifty. They should be just caught between fives, ten, fifteens, and twenty fives. That should be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because I think I think a lot of these books end up just you know they're gonna be end up in the man. If there's a ten dollar book, does it end up in a five dollar bin? I mean, I don't get it. That's a that's where I get that's where I feel like I think the retailer is gonna getting screwed because uh, they end up sitting on product. But yeah, they will. And and the worst part about Marvel stuff is that it's not returnable. That's terrible. All the other stuff, like the indies and all this stuff, there are some returnabilities. You might have to hit certain um, wibbits in order to be, have a return, but Marvel stuff is not returnable. All right. Ugh. Oh, what's uh, that? Yep, two more. Uh, Marvel Voices Pride. This one is the 1 to 25. Is that the Beyonder? Who is that? I'm not sure who that is. Not sure at all. And then last one. <laughs> Is this one, which is Hulkling and Wiccan, um, looking happy, still married, uh, and this one is a one to fifty. They're running around in Guardians of the Galaxy right now. If you want to check them out, yep. And then that's it, man. Freaking uh, that 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 is all. That is all. That is all. You know, freaking. Uh, right. So we made up in what another two weeks. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a we'll do a two weeks. I think it'll be our our pre maybe a pre Loki show because I think we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be the weekend before Loki drops, and uh, you know I, th- I think we're both gonna be up for that. But let's uh, let's make a point to talk about the rest of Modok next time, and uh, maybe we'll touch on Bad Batch because because uh, this uh, sixteen episodes in that bit in that bad batch show. So. I have forgot all about bad batch, man. Remember, I was I was pumped for issue or excuse me, episode number one. Watch it, was pumped for it, and then last night people were like, "Yeah, there's four ish, four more episodes." Wait, wait what? Yeah, oh, I watched them yesterday. They they're all right, so that's why it was like, well, we don't have to talk about it this week, but maybe we could touch on it next time. Absolutely. So, okay. all right, well. We'll be uh, next next week. Our next episode will be right into June. We'll be leaning right up against into the summertime, where we won't be wearing masks and we'll be having cookouts and we'll be seeing people we haven't seen in a year and a half. And we it's, will uh, be yeah, Comic Con's coming back. We'll be yep. we'll be all out meeting people and having fun. So I will see you in two weeks, Lucas. Out. Are you, uh, everybody stay safe until then.